Hi, I'm Michael Siddle. And I'm Nick Nanos. Nick, uh, welcome to Trendline. Uh, I, I just, before we get started, uh, you have kind of some exciting news, I guess. You, you were in Germany at the Frankfurt Book Fair. Yes, I was uh, honored to be part of the official delegation with the Governor General to go to uh, Germany because I volunteer at Atlantic Brücke, which is a Canada-Germany dialogue hmm. organization that is a nonprofit. So I went on the trip, was in, it was I was in the motorcade, so I was quite surprised wow. to be invited, but I'm in a motorcade, yeah. which is kind of cool. But what was even more important and really great to see was how well-received the governor general was. Germans came out, you know, it's kind of like lining up hmm. along the road to see the governor general. She went out and kind of, uh, you know, shook hands and uh, talked to people. Actually, I shouldn't say she did not shake hands. Hmm. She went out and talked to folks and... Uh, and wow. it was very well received. So it was a great learning experience. It was an honor to join the Governor General, and it was great to see how strong and uh, healthy Canada-German relations are. That's great. Uh, so uh, on today's show, we got a pretty packed show. We're going to look at uh, which parties have momentum uh, post-election, and and I I personally found the answer very surprising. Uh, we're going to do a provincial check-in with Alberta to see how Premier Jason Kenney is doing. And then later after our break, we're going to talk about COP26, the UN Climate Conference in Glasgow. Uh, but first, Nick, uh, you know, we're, we're a few weeks away from the election now, actually maybe longer. I, I can't even, I've, I've lost, totally lost track of time. <laughs> but but uh, how are the parties doing? Well, you know, it's interesting in the latest uh, nanos tracking that we just released uh a day or two ago, we have the Liberals at 30.8%. They're down two points. Conservatives at, at around 30, they're down four points. New Democrats at 21.6, they're up for block seven. People's Party still doing as well as they were doing during the election at six. Green Party at three. So why don't we say, you know, we always wonder, is there going to be or will there be a honeymoon after an election? Many times there are. Why don't we just say zilch, nada, no honeymoon for mm. the liberals, they're down a little bit. And uh, if there's one party, I think the two surprising things, first of all, the New Democrats are up four points. This while Jugmeet Singh is talking about what he'd like to accomplish in the next parliament mm. and People's Party, maybe more than just a blip. They're at 6%, wow. which is basically their level that they registered in the last election and uh, still a force to be reckoned with on wow. the political landscape. So uh, just, just going back to the NDP for a second, I mean, you said that J Jagmeet Singh is talking about what he wants to accomplish in Parliament. Yeah. So obviously, is that, that's an effective strategy for him. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's uh, positive. It's about the future. And it basically shows that, you know, he has an agenda that he wants to try to achieve and to put pressure on the on the Liberal government. And, you know, the thing is, the other thing is, you know, you asked about momentum, you know, those conservative numbers down four points. Mm. This while Aaron O'Toole is dealing with, um, I don't know what we wanted to call it, but controversy, the issue of whether uh, MPs, all conservative caucus members, uh, and what their vaccination status. Mm -hmm. So just another distraction. It's kind of like this vaccination thing. This keeps dogging Aaron O'Toole. And, uh, you know, his numbers go up. And then all of a sudden, he starts talking about vaccinations. And then kind of starts mm -hmm. to go back down. So he's still... Uh, He's still dealing with that, and it's a it's a vulnerability, uh, at least when we look at the polling numbers. And and for Justin Trudeau, you know, basically uh, no momentum, no honeymoon, no nothing coming out of this uh, election. So I'm I'm curious about that because 
with the vaccine mandate, Nick, I mean, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is, is using that as a political wedge issue, obviously against O'Toole, but it doesn't seem to be having much of, a, of an impact on his own numbers. Yeah. Well, when we ask Canadians who would make the best uh, prime minister, Justin Trudeau is at around 30 uh, percent. I think there's only about a one point. He's down about one point. O'Toole, the big movement is O'Toole. He's at 21. He's down a full six percentage points. And this spe speaks to what we were talking about on the vaccination front. Hasn't been a boost for Trudeau because it's already baked into his numbers. But for O'Toole, hmm. him talking about vaccinations hasn't been good for the conservative belt numbers. Definitely hasn't been good for O'Toole's personal brand. Sing at 21, Bernier at around six and a half, Blanchette at 3.5, Paul at uh, 1.1. So on the brand leader front, hmm. the big change, O'Toole taking a little bit of a hit. He probably, this guy probably wants to change the, uh, change the channel. And why don't we just, he probably is like, they probably are, you know, in their meetings are saying, let's not use the V word. <laughs> vaccinations every time they talk about vaccinations mm. it's just it doesn't seem to be a clear win for them and it creates uh, a little bit of uh wiggle in the numbers so to speak uh on on the topic of uh, vaccines and the pandemic let's let's move over to alberta where uh premier jason kenney uh facing a, a lot of criticism uh for his government's handling of the pandemic and uh, you know, on Canada Day when he sort of opened up the, up the province and we, we've seen what happened. Uh, so we have the, this, these new numbers from Innovation, Innovation Research Group, pardon me, uh, just saying that something like half or more than half of Albertans um, are critical of, of or dissatisfied with how yeah. Kenny's handled things. Yeah, it's kind of like a world of political pain for, for Jason Kenny. And we have to remember, let's face it, Jason Kenny under Stephen Harper was a political star and darling of the conservative movement, mm -hmm. very successful cabinet minister, managed to reach out to uh, ethnic communities and help build that, that uh, Harper winning coalition. And uh, a lot of hope and positiveness when he transitioned to be the, to, into provincial politics, mm -hmm. to be the leader of the new United Conservative Party, and then to win an election. A lot of, lot of hope there, but man, oh man, this, this pandemic has just pummeled his personal brand in the, uh, in the survey by Innovative Research Group, when uh, Albertans were asked about uh, whether they approve or disapprove of the handling of uh, the outbreak, uh, the COVID-19 outbreak, a whopping 68% disapprove to one extent or another, while only 20% or one out of every five wow. approve. And uh, that's not good. Um, you know, and when you think about 20%, you know, having a positive view of uh, how Jason Kenney and his government is handling, 20% is not enough to win an election. That's for sure. It's enough to lose an election. And I think wow. right now what we have is uh, a government that uh, at the beginning of its mandate started off quite strong and there was a lot of positive views and hope. But right now, I think we have to say that it's, uh, it's definitely politically on the ropes right now. So are, are we looking at a situation, Nick, where Jason Kenney may uh, be forced to step down, uh, that, that the party may, may be looking for another leader? I'll tell you one thing about conservatives in Alberta. They want to be winners. They like to be winners. And if they're not winners, they're very, uh, very, very grumpy. Mm. And, uh, you know, not only is Jason Kenney dealing with, uh, with a, a grumpy electorate, he's dealing with a grumpy caucus and also a grumpy party. Hmm. And uh, and there's a, a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on Jason Kenney to try to try to turn things around. 
his personal numbers and also the ballot numbers because on on both of those fronts, it's pretty uh, it's, it's it's pretty grim news. Basically, when you look at all the polling right now, at least in Alberta provincially, when we're looking at Jason Kenney and also the uh, the ballot numbers. Now, when NDP leader Rachel Notley won, uh, I think some people saw that as sort of a, a blip on the radar, an, an unexpected event. But but how popular is she now in, in Alberta? Well, it was an unexpected event, in, in fairness. No one, uh, no one really expected Rachel Notley and the NDP to unseat the Conservatives. So, but the question is, could she make a comeback? And, you know, in this same survey by Innovative Research Group, you know, we, we when I say we, I'll say my friends, Greg Lyle, Innovative Research Group, uh, you know, when he tested on the favorability of, uh, of Kenny and Notley, uh, you can see that, uh, you know, Kenny's favorability uh, was only at around 20% to one extent or another, around two out of every three had some sort of unfavorable impression of him. Notley, 46% favorable to one extent or another, and only 35% unfavorable. So right now her brand, her personal brand is, uh, is stronger than Jason Kenney's brand. And if you remember looking at the numbers, even when Rachel Notley lost the election, her personal brand still wasn't that bad. Hmm. Uh, and for, I think for a lot of Albertans, they liked her. They weren't uh, keen on the new Democrats just because of, uh, for historic reasons. But, mm -hmm. you know, she came out, even though she was uh, not even technically the loser, she lost the last election. Uh, her brand uh, was a little better or is much better than her party's brand. Uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, and we're going to take a short break now, Nick. But after that, we're going to talk about the environments in COP26. Super. And we're back. Uh, Nick, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in uh, Glasgow, Scotland for COP26, the UN Climate Conference, where a lot of the, the world leaders were trying to hammer out uh, deals to cut greenhouse gas emissions. Um, how is the environment as a, as a top issue of concern now for Canadians? Well, you know, uh, before the pandemic, it was the hands down slam dunk top issue of concern hmm. uh, before the pandemic at the tail end of 2019 and in January 2020 before the pandemic really uh, hit. But, you know, the, the pandemic knocked it off the radar. When we look at the trend, uh, what we can see is a little bit of a comeback uh, for the environment, factoring the margin of error statistically tied with the pandemic. I think the pandemic or coronavirus is at around 15.5%. Environment has 13.4%. The margin of error is 3.1%. So right now, uh, environment is, is among the, the top issues rate uh, on, the, on the radar for Canadians. So this uh, COP26 meeting, very timely because it uh, puts it on the radar in terms of what Canada's plan is, hmm. what the world plan is, for for dealing with the the environment that everybody uh, cares about, and this is right after uh, Trudeau shuffled his cabinet and put Kibo as the new environment minister. Oh, yeah. and he, he was a former Greenpeace uh, Greenpeace uh, activist in Quebec. He, he's got a, a pretty strong environmental uh, activism record. Uh, I mean, obviously Trudeau is going all in on the environment, and and how how are Canadians responding to this? Well, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that he's, he's doubling down on the environmental uh, file uh, because the, the new minister of the environment uh, has a very, uh, very clear public track record and position on the environment. It'd be, you know what, Michael, this would be kind of like, let's take one of 
let's take a top union leader and make them the minister of labor. What would mm -hmm. people say about that? They would assume that the minister, that the government had a particular approach or things that they wanted done on the file. And they put someone who already has a very clear view on that. So putting Gibo in, in the environment is a big signal that uh, the Trudeau government is doubling down on the environment. But you know what? The, the Trudeau government will be judged based on what it does and what it can accomplish. And you know what? There's still, uh, there's still a significant proportion of Canadians that, uh, yes, they want climate action on climate change, but uh, they're still worried about uh, the economy and jobs and want to try to balance that. Hmm. Um, and, and in terms of an international climate conference like COP26, how, how do Canadians re respond to that? Do, do, do Canadians think it's, it's effective, especially when you have uh, China and Russia absent? Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, the, the reality is, is that when you crunch the number, China, China is one of the, uh, the, the top emitters of greenhouse gases. And then after that, the United States. And, you know, when big economies like China and Russia are not fully engaged, it, uh, it undermines the ability to have basically a global effort uh, because uh, two big players are not, uh, are not being as proactive as some would think. So, um, so yeah, so can Canadians definitely take an interest in, you know, it's interesting in, in polling that we've done with the University of Ottawa's Positive Energy Initiative, um, it suggests that Canadians are, are game to be ambition on, ambitious on climate. I think about 64% think that this is uh, the best time to be ambitious. Uh, and that's up from 45% uh, back in June, 2020. And, and this, Michael, is in the context of, you know, uh, is this the best or the worst time to be ambitious on climate change, even if the economy might suffer? So, so yes, some people are worried, especially if you're in the prairie provinces. But the key takeaway here is that climate ambition is on the rise and uh, Canadians want to see action. And they're probably looking very carefully at what the, uh, what the Trudeau Liberal government is doing right now. Uh, Nick, I think that's it for our show. Do you have any, any final thoughts, any predictions or anything as we wrap up? Yeah, how about this? This is going to be our winter of discontent, Michael. You know, you look at those ballot numbers and uh, no honeymoon for the government. Uh, the conservatives are down. Uh, you look at Alberta politics. We're not even talking about a honeymoon. We're talking about a reverse honeymoon in Alberta for, uh, for Jason Kenney and, uh, and people uh, looking at the economy. Uh, sorry, at looking at the environment mm. and wondering what might happen and how things can move forward. So winter of discontent. How's that? I let very Shakespearean. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, and Nick, where, where can we find you? Find me on Twitter at Nick Nanos, N-I-K-N-A-N-O-S, or go on the web to get all the stats, www.nanos.co. And I'm on Twitter at Michael Siddle, and you can find more information about what Nick and I have discussed at ctvnews.ca. Thanks for listening.